It's time for episode 146. Get your buffers in order. Here's the thing about buffers. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me tell you about buffers. <laughs> we don't need more than we're going to get. <laughs> also, uh, I just looked at my bell square in the face and realized I did not touch it once this whole episode. So is this it? Are we not Are we not dinging the bell this episode? No bell for a whole episode? No, Now's do, do our it. chance. No like, bell. We can ding it. No, no bell? No bell. <sighs> new, new voice, no bell. Oh, shoot, I spoiled it. Oh, frig. <laughs> it's a big day over here at Tone Control. Yeah, all right. Oh, did I say the name of the show? I Well, I kind of did. Okay. So it's a big day here at the Tone Control. It's the Tone Control. It's the Tone Control. Not Bing. <laughs> <laughs> there was a way for me to play the bell in reverse. I would do that very quickly. I can do that. I can do it. Give me one in the clear. You guys, God. the things we, just, we do what's for the, our fans. <laughs> what's what's the time on the clock right now? Eight oh three. So it has been thirty minutes. We have been trying to get the audio working on our call to be able to record this, to be able to hear each other. Yeah, correctly. We had to do all kinds of stupid bullshit. All, yeah, reboot everything. And the trouble is, I'm not even convinced it was entirely the setting that I finally changed because for yeah. a while you had moments where you weren't hearing me either and I wasn't changing anything and right. it was going in and out. So, I mean, did you do a software update? No. Uh, what OS are you on? Uh, I'm on Yosemite. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm I, probably not on the latest, like, I'm on 10. It does point four. I know is not up to date, but you're not on Mojave, yeah. so you're not. In, you didn't install the same update I did. So oh, whatever wait, happened? Sorry, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hold on. Hell, hold on. Is wait, is Mojave the one with dark mode? I'm on Mojave. Yeah. Just kidding. Oh, you are on Mojave. <laughs> yeah. So you you okay? Wait. This is now. Now this we might be getting to the bottom of something here. But I did. I, there is a pending update, like a pending just. So you are little, ten little fourteen dot four. S- Dot four. Oh, so ten fourteen dot six. Aha. Yes. Okay. So this is the thing, and I know this is the worst thing I can do. But in in the time that my iMac was giving me a lot of trouble, uh, a lot of the trouble started when I did a software update. So I was yeah. like, let's just hold off on software updates. And I don't think that's bad to do. Well, for like you know, not for an older computer, and when it's starting to be. So I have, it reminds me every day, hey, there's a software update. And I say, remind me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So one of these days, maybe this weekend, I'll actually do that. But but still. Uh, it doesn't claim was, to have anything to do with audio, but I noticed right away it took, I like to have the sound icon on my desktop so that I can flip between my studio speakers and my MacBook speakers yeah. at will. And... Uh, it took that icon off, and I had to re-enable that setting. 
So Ugh. it had, it did something. It did something, and it just stole a half an hour of my life. Is what it did. This is some bullshit. Yeah, but um, oh, anyway, God, and now it's working, and like part of me doesn't even trust that it's really actually working. <laughs> but well, I've got your, I've I've pulled the screen to the side so I can see behind it the meters, and I'll okay. know instantly if anything stops being routed correctly or whatever. And well. <sighs> So we were supposed to be doing a podcast. Yeah. Hey, how's it feel to be 30 minutes into our podcast? <laughs> 30 minutes into our recording session. 30 yeah. minutes into our studio time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That was so sh**. Uh-huh. I'm so, I'm like all. Yep. I'm all over yep. the place now. <clears throat> we need to reconfigure. So, uh, all right, all right. I can I can help. This uh, We can recenter this. We can re-zen and re-podcast realign and yeah uh so we were we it doesn't look like any super important news happened and derek thought and i agreed that it would be fun to just uh continue on the questions stuff that we got let's let's uh feed that monkey a little bit yeah also i don't have a pedal genie pedal oh i don't either what do we do well, think I think I got a, now? I think no, I think I had a little shipping delay. Uh, I think yeah, I got a notice. I got a notice too, and then I, I said, "Oh, usually it's like here by now." Because I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a super nerd. I get an email from the postal service every day with what's arriving in my mailbox for the day. So, wow. and usually within like a three day window, it says like this package is arriving on Friday or whatever. And then day That's of very high tech, Derek. It's great and it's free. It's called. It's not free. You pay for it with your taxes, my friend. Fine. But it's a thing (laughs) that you just like verify your address and they send you an email with with a scan of everything that's coming to your mailbox that day. Yeah. I mean, they scan everything anyway, right? So this is automated for them. Yeah. So you just claim your address and sign up with the email. And I should claim my address. It's pretty nice. Hey, I have the same koozie. Mine's white. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mine's, Mine's epic. Oh, mine's a Yeti. Yeah. I, it is definitely the same product, though. Mine has an old fizzy water can in it, so it's going <laughs> over there. And the one for tonight is a, a regular koozie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, so usually the email tells me, like, oh, you got a Pedal Genie thing coming this week or within, like, yeah. two or three days. And then it hasn't done that, so I checked it, and then it said it would be here tomorrow. So I think either... Some, something delayed somewhere. Or sometimes, like... I think Pedal Genie system emails us when they make the label, and then that might not be the day that they oh. send it because, like, mm. of their workflow, which happens to all kinds of businesses. Oh, so. sure, yeah, yeah. You can imagine, especially with something like this, they might have, yeah, they might need to turn <coughs> right. something over and turn some screws, twist some gears. Yep. Yeah, they flip mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. They zig when they should have zagged. <laughs> I'm not even suggesting they're making mistakes necessarily, but. Um, there's mm-hmm. a couple more zigs and zags that are between right, them yeah. and actually delivering the pedal. I don't mean to make it sound like anyone screwed up. It could even be that, I don't know, maybe just things get delayed in the mail sometimes. It could I be. Don't know. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it'll be here tomorrow. So right. we'll, we'll deal with that next time. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, we still have like questions and I'm sure we're going to, we're going to fill plenty of time with this. Yeah. With this as, as is our way. So, um, should we? Should we jump in? Should we do some what's new? Yeah. What's, Which, what's I new? I just asked you two questions that are independent Should, from each uh, other, and you said oh, yeah. Man, so, like, 
My wife. My wife. Bless her heart. (laughs) She does this all the time to me when I ask her two things. Or I ask her, you know, do you want to do this for dinner or no? And she goes, "Ah, that's fine. And I'm like, which is fine? Yes or no? (laughs) So that's the thing I deal with a lot. Although, I got to say, I found the the greatest way to decide on where to go out to eat or make any decision that no one wants to commit to or anything like that. Um, Load up a game of Super Smash Brothers. (laughs) And set it to all CPU characters. Yeah. Right. And then name them all the places you want to go to eat. <laughs> and then just wait. Yeah. <laughs> just wait for a while. Watch it if you want to. <laughs> yeah. If you want. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I saw that on some some meme thing. I don't know. And it was all these restaurants, and they were all the same character, except for Sonic. The restaurant was Sonic the character. (laughs) 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 Pretty good. That's great. Super duper. Yeah. Super duper. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I, what's new? I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a YouTube and Twitch streamer now, apparently. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. It's super. I've been I've been doing a lot. Uh, basically, I've I've had an unusually large amount of game time over the past like two weeks. Nice. And it's because there's a Downton Abbey movie coming out, and so my wife, I <laughs> really don't want to keep doing that this whole episode. <laughs> uh, anyway, she is like doing a full like rebinge. To try oh, to cool. make, because okay. she's convinced there's going to be a bunch of Easter, well, not Easter like eggs, you know, mm-hmm. legit plot that she will not know about. <laughs> not, yeah. Plot isn't Easter eggs um, <laughs> that she will not remember. So she's like, well, you know, we'll, we'll like eat dinner. We'll like watch one of our shows. And then instead of going, what do you want to do now? She's like, well, um, it's time for me to watch my program now. So you leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get out now. Um, so anyway, yeah, I... I kind of thought about it and and I had looked it up a little bit and apparently it's not that difficult. And even though my computer is like on the edge of reality trying to push my <laughs> VR headset, like it's, yeah. it's, it is not, you know, I did not buy a thousand dollars worth of just graphics card. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. so my computer's nice, powerful, but it's not, you have to have an insane computer to overshoot VR. Uh, but it, it's still got plenty of, I mean, when I'm streaming, you know, recording my VR footage, streaming it out with audio and everything, it's only like three percent of my CPU usage and doesn't doesn't nobody notices. Um nice. So yeah, whatever. I'm mostly playing my space game that I like to play. So if anybody wants to watch VR gameplay and get dizzy probably, um you can find Come hang out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, find I, I basically I have channels for it. So find JN Tracks Gaming on YouTube or Twitch. Nice. Uh, Speaking of video games, I'm also back on the Destiny bandwagon. I got alerts that that released. Yeah, so it went everything up to the DLC before this one that just launched on Tuesday Mm -hmm. is free to play. So that is all of year one, all of year one content. So uh, it's the base game, the first two DLCs. 
Um, I'm actually using my Destiny koozie tonight. Oh boy. Oh boy. So it's it's good. It's so good. It's um and Beth, I also have like a lot of game time this week because Beth is taking a course this weekend for her license renewal stuff. Mm-hmm. Which means during the week she's had a whole bunch of pre-work to do. So I got a bunch of free time. <laughs> and I was like, this is this is a great week for this to happen. So yeah. I'm uh, kicking butt up on the moon, and we're back to the moon in the game, which is a big deal. The moon has not been part of Destiny since Destiny 1. So, oh, yeah, we're back. The moon is haunted. Oh, great. Yeah, right? I <laughs> hate when that happens. Don't you hate that? Although, like, every now and then, Destiny goes through a phase where stuff is, like, for real scary. Yeah. Like jump scare stuff. You can you can um, see it has that potential. The way they the, the oh, parts of it that God. I've played that their presentation is, um, yeah, like like if it's to continue the way what I've experienced has, you could see it having that sort of like half life type of yeah thing where you're sort of transitioning from more action elements to more, um. Like RPG stuff. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like uh, but, MMO, but I mean, like, yeah. passing down a dark hallway, kind of like you're not sure what's going on or which way to turn yeah, and what's going to turn around the corner. On the moon. Yeah. And, and so now, like, the, not, not to like spoil it or anything, it's very, the design is very like Hellraiser. Mm, so great, great. Yeah. So, like, the rock is like <laughs> bleeding and stuff. Oh. So, usually, to, to totally de- derail this podcast already, <laughs> usually on, Whatever destination you're on, whatever planet in the system you're on, there's these little light-up beacons in the ground that are like radio signals, and they give you just quick little missions to do to earn XP quickly. You just walk up to it, and you're like, start mission. And it's like, oh, kill 10 of these guys, or go collect these items, or really simple stuff. On the moon now, uh, it is not those beacons. Instead, it's like guardians, which are you know the characters you yeah. play as in Destiny. Guardians, long dead, who's spirits essentially mm-hmm. are back on the moon and come and go from existence like a ghost unfinished you know. business my Un- friend but they're like and- they're being torn between realities <laughs> and they're like you walk by and one will appear and in your headphones from the far left it's like is anybody out there is somebody out? <laughs> and you're like oh no <laughs> so it's like chilling there's all yeah. these like weird audio cues they added oh man and then, like the the figure will like disappear, and you're like, "Did I just see a thing? Did I or, win? Is it over?" <laughs> right, you're walking down a dark hallway, and something is walking on all fours, like a, a human uh, shape walking on all fours, just like gross, creepy oh. shit. Gnarly. It's just, like shadows, and then you look around the corner where they were, and they're gone. <laughs> so, Great. Yeah, but it's really good. Moon's haunted, so <laughs> gotta go deal with that. Yep. Frick. <laughs> When they announced it, there was this some memes that came out that were like, guy like shoots his rocket, goes to the moon. Is this big like speech on the way there and stuff? And, like <laughs> you know, fight for honor, complete your mission. And then comes back, grabs more guns, and they're like, wait, what's going on? What's the matter? Moon's haunted. What? And he goes hey, click click. Moon's haunted. <laughs> 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 There's loads, loads of big gun. The moon is haunted. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, they should just blow it up. Well, then, I mean, it's still the still the moon of the earth. Still need those tides. Oh, <laughs> we just watched the Parks and Rec episode with Model UN. 
<laughs> well, we're just going to blow up the moon. Good luck without tides, Denmark. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we should... We should talk about that's pretty good. That's that's a that's a good video game break, right? All right, let's hit it. Yeah. Thanks to Pedal Genie for sponsoring the Tone Control. Visit pedalgenie.com and start your wish list today. Siri, who the fuck are you? Is that is this the first episode I've done since I had a new phone? Yeah. Wow. Shoot. I guess I thought when you restored the backup on from my old phone, it would bring along the voice along with everything else. Well, shoot. I kept well, saying, I kept threatening to change the voice. Oh, well, that's it. Well, now it's, we can change well, it to, we're, we're back to one. We're back at, at, yeah, yeah. at you know, we'll, registration. We'll roll, we'll roll this so, and then who knows what I'm going to have for you in a couple of weeks. Okay. So yeah, we answered a handful of questions, or we answered one question <laughs> last <laughs> we time. We received a handful of questions and yeah. prattled on about one for a long time. Yeah. So we, we talked about cables last time, which was, I think, a really good discussion. And I think a lot of people... I don't know. I received some good feedback on it. So good, good. It was it was fun to talk about. Um, so let's just keep that going for now while we have the questions. And I said right. to Righteous Ryan earlier. Honestly, the change of pace is kind of nice. Yeah, I, pre- I appreciate it. Right. I think it, I think it's cool too. So um, do we have do we have like names to go with these other ones? There's one of them um, does the. F- uh, the first two are p- questions two and three from right, right, right. our first guy last week. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, and and then I think the first question and the fourth question kind of fold together. Oh, that's um, cool. We're just going to wrap this whole thing around in like a big bow. Yeah. So, um, Let's let's just start. I just wrote a bullet: yeah. cheap versus expensive pedals. Right. So um, his question, original question okay. was like, talk in detail about some cheap versus pricier pedals, and I, I think and like he means, why. yeah, I think like why, yeah. and I think kind of like dovetailing with the cable discussion, mm-hmm. like why are there expensive ones and why are there cheap ones? Yeah. Why Why should we care? I mean, like, like, so baseline, obviously some of them are a lot more complicated than others, you know, like a fuzz traditionally has very few components compared to a reverb. Yeah. An analog reverb or something. Um, and a lot of pedals are digital technology, which depending on how it's made could be cheaper or more expensive. Right. Right. You know, it kind of depends. I mean, I think for a while digital was probably more expensive, uh, and now it's kind of become cheaper and there's other things that get put into the fancier pedals, right? That make them more expensive. Right. And I also, I think when talking digital versus analog, one thing that it took me kind of a long time to think of this detail, when we're talking about analog pedals, they still have chips in them. They still have circuit boards and and computer chips, essentially. Well, some of them. Like an analog delay. Like those are. Well, it can have, it can have IC chips. Right, but that's not like a digitally processed pedal. So no. when you're, when oh, you're okay. talking about like DSP, like a Helix or something, that's a different yeah. story than, uh, or or a, or a Strymon Big Sky or something. That's a different well, that, story than yeah. a regular kind of. And that's what I'm yeah. meaning. So a digital pedal has to have a DAC in it. Um, it has to have a digital audio converter. So it has to, just like your audio interface in a computer or anything, like any time... Um, audio is being recorded onto a computer file. 
uh, which it technically, I mean, it, that's the same thing as when it's being processed real time mm-hmm. in a in a pedal or something. Um, it is mm-hmm. getting sampled, you know. It's so it's this process of listening, sort of listening to the audio, so to speak, and grabbing, you know, x number of samples per second, whether it's forty four thousand one hundred or or more than that, and then it, you know records those, and then that is able to be turned back into a waveform on the other side. So unless that is happening, it is an analog pedal that can still have chips. Like if you open them up and look at them, they might still have a chip, but it is uh, usually an IC chip, which is integrated circuit. And it's just a way of, that's a, that's a way of making the circuit less expensive mm-hmm. by sort of having a very small pre-manufactured portion of it. Um, so it could be an op amp, for example. And like I've seen, uh, like you can manually build an op amp out of diodes and transistors and put them on this little block and then install them into a circuit or design a circuit to have one of those. Or you could get an integrated circuit, like a little chip op amp. And mm-hmm. then it's as simple as, um, I mean, they they could be soldered, but they might not even be. They could just be in a socket. Mm-hmm. And that would allow you to sort of like change them on the fly if you wanted to. I've seen some designs when, that when were designing like pedals, that. yeah. So yeah. I think like that is obviously one whole avenue of this. Um, mm-hmm. The other is like features. Obviously, something like a Strymon timeline is going to have more features than an uh, EHX memory toy, right? So I've got both of those. The memory toy is a straight up analog bucket brigade delay pedal with mix rate and what is it? Repeats, I guess. So, like time, mix, and mm-hmm. um, speed. Speed, yes. God. Well, time, and time would be speed, right? Time. Time would be speed. Feedback. And then feedback. Like, that's the other one. Okay. Duh. Feedback. God, do, so I how, even, do I even guitar, bro? How? What feedback is what percentage of the signal is reintroduced into the input? Yeah. How many repeats, basically? Time of those repeats. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, that is a lot different than a timeline, which is going to have not only that memory toy sound in it, but digital delays, tape delays. It's going to have all these other samples, which is doing right. So it's doing digitally with this, you know, digital versus analog pedal thing. And that has memory for presets and stuff like that too. Is is what I'm meaning. Whereas the an analog uh, simply won't. Um, Yeah, it's on or off, and to change how it sounds, you have to turn the knobs. Turn the knobs. Um, whereas something like a timeline can take expression or MIDI or USB or like all kinds of other stuff. Um, and it can just be far more customized. So like a lot mm-hmm. of expense comes from there with it's possible. Well, I, I just say one thing while we're on that, um, it's possible to marry the two. And I have seen some pedals like this, totally. right? Where it's a true yeah. analog, but it still has presets. I know a lot of the chase, chase Bliss stuff is done this way, right? Yes. So absolutely. they're within their, their um, circuit design, there is some kind of digital memory, but it is not in the audio path. It's just memorizing where things are set. So I think that that, that probably means that there's relays and stuff built into the pedal so that um, a digital system can change aspects of the analog circuit mm-hmm. uh, according yeah. to the preset. So And their whole, even Chase Bliss, their whole marketing thing about their pedals is analog signal path with the digital control, like yeah. digital brain, analog heart, or something like that. So mm-hmm. um, that's one thing. When you get into things like fuzzes, like some the whole fuzz world is very deep, and I'm, I'm not a part of that, really. <laughs> but um, there are things about it. There's exclusivity. There's just like any other market, really. So there's 
demand for certain parts, like those certain chips that might sound a certain way. There's a limited number of them if they're um, new mm-hmm. old stock or something like that. And they're commodities, so they'll go up and down. Right, right. Depends on the builder, if they're mass-produced, yeah. if they're hand-built, that kind of thing. So I guess, I think what he's really asking is, like, what's, why is... Yeah. Why are so, some cheaper well, and some aren't? It's It's really just that, like... Just like any other product, there are really, really good versions of it and really uh-huh. shitty versions of it, and the cost associated with that. Also, yeah. there is a, especially with guitar things, and it's true with uh, lots of other hobbies, I'm sure, a certain lore associated with pieces yeah. of gear. The mystique. You know, the mystique, the collectability, the rarity. Klons, a great example. It's a pretty simple circuit. It does have a great sound, and yeah. everyone loves them. And the guy but, who builds it does not think it should be selling for what it does. Yeah, but you know, they'll they'll sell for a few thousand dollars and it's just a transparent boost, you know. It's it's not an earth-shattering sound that you've never heard before, but it's yeah. it's the sound you've heard everywhere, which is why it's kind of so sought after. So, I hope that kind of answers it. Um let's Yeah, so it's I, really I mean, it comes down to like if there's the mystique factor, but then aside from that. So if we if we set aside like this is collectible or blah blah blah. Uh, or or ha- this has some magic sauce that is probably hocus pocus and nonsense. Yeah. There is the manufacturing. You know, is it hand built? Is it factory built? Mm-hmm. Um, because you can do large runs and things could get cheaper if they're factory built. And then just how expensive is it to make because of the components that are in it and 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 what you're putting into it? You know, so, so the quality bosses, of those components. Yeah, yeah. The boss basic entry line is extremely mass produced. They are not spending a lot on like really high quality components or high quality buffers and things like that. And so you end up with inexpensive pedals. They're manufactured well still. They're not going to fall apart on you, but like they're inexpensive pedals that are not going to be at the same sort of tone um, quality standard as far as like the the buffers being very clean and things like that. And like the um, quality of the given effect you're going for. So like Boss's tremolo pedal notoriously suffers the volume drop, the perceived yeah. volume drop problem. And there's loads of tremolo pedals that don't do that, but they're going to cost more. And mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and you can mod the Boss one, but that's more money into that unit and yeah. then you're right where you were if you bought <laughs> a more expensive one. So it's yeah. It's kind of hard to explain, and it's just like it just kind of is, you know. It's, and some <laughs> things are just a really good deal. Some things right, are. So, I think. I think a lot of tech has come along and and it recently and made made it so that some of the inexpensive pedals really do sound outstanding. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and and to this day, there are still some Boss pedals. Like we, we kind of shit on Boss a lot, but there are some some out there like the Blues Driver, unchanged for all these years. Yeah, it's they know who they a, are. It's a great pedal. It is still, you could walk into any store anywhere and get one, and they're going to be awesome. They sound so good. But, you know, some of the other stuff, eh. You know, I wouldn't really care for their chorus or their compressor or stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, but they, there's would, they would chorus and they would compress. They totally would. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, and speaking of tech, like my HX Stomp here is a $600 unit, and it's got everything under the sun in it. It's got just all kinds of stuff in it because it's managing it and it's designed in a totally different way. It's basically an outboard digital signal processing computer with foot switches. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Designed it's, it's with a, a control scheme that's going to work with your feet. Right. It's it's a tiny computer that only processes audio signals. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I, this kind of folds into Eric's question of will the pedal craze die down soon? Has it already? <laughs> Do we need more? Derek has to say about this because um, I have no f-ing idea. So when he sent this in, I was like, "What pedal crazy?" When he sent this in, it hadn't, <laughs> but now it has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the market is that volatile. Way to right? have your thumb on the pulse, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it made me think, though, like it's I, I, it's hard to tell. When I was younger and learning guitar, I didn't know as much about pedals because I was new and I didn't know about this whole world of gear. Mm-hmm. Um, but as best I can tell, like it is, there's new pedals coming out every other week, if not more often. And is it a bubble? Is it going to burst? I don't know. I think it's just that the accessibility for pedals has, the, the barrier to entry has come down so much. And I think the, the I, internet's been a big part of it too, because it's uh, um, the barrier yeah. to entry you're, uh, the the thing I think that you're meaning, right, when you say the barrier of entry, is really whether they can be sold. That and the idea socially of not being a guitar, cable, amp kind of guy, you know. Oh, like okay. Pedals, so you think there's like a cultural are, difference where pedals have come into fashion? Yeah, totally. I mean, hmm. there was a time before pedals, guitar and amps were a thing, and then pedals came in. Like we can, but we can trace like, that. So, like, like Jimi Hendrix used pedals, right? So, uh, you, you're going very far back. Totally, that's what I mean, though. So, like, okay, there's a there's a excerpt of the documentary called "It Might Get Loud," where Jimmy Page talks about kind of the introduction of the first fuzz pedal, and mm-hmm. it's really interesting because he was trying to get this overdriven amp sound without overdriving the amp and. You know, hired an electrical engineer, and that's how he made to the first distortion box. Huh. Was that to just invent a thing? Can you yeah. invent a thing for me? Can sure. you make this to to get it so it's not as the level is not as high, but it sounds as good? Huh. And then off to the races, right? So there's always going to be people who are like, "Nah, just put the tones in your fingers, man. Just plug your guitar <laughs> in and play it, you jerk." So, <laughs> but. We wouldn't have music and we wouldn't have guitar as the way it is now without the big muff, you know, and without yeah. pedals. And so I'm kind of getting off track here. But well, I do you think, though, that the I think the Internet sort of cottagizing so many different industries and making it so that it's like, you know, on YouTube, anybody can have a voice. Totally. Um, and on the Internet, you can say, I'm a pedal builder. Here's my stuff. And th- so the the cost to reach a thousand eyeballs with your pe- with your new oh, pedal yeah. design it's is so much lower than it yeah. would have been in the 80s or something right so that's kind of yeah. what i'm meaning like hasn't that facilitated 100%. the explosion of of boutique yeah right because otherwise it would have been things like magazine ads yeah and in or that just- case it doesn't seem like it would be going away right shouldn't shouldn't it just continue i think it'll continue kind of and it'll just kind of become more normal every day so like 
Yeah, every we do this podcast every other week because there's new <laughs> shit to talk about every other week. Except and this we, week. Well, <laughs> Boss did release two new pedals, and we'll talk oh, about okay. those next time. But it's I don't think the craze is gonna die down because I think people are like I mean, pedals are here to stay, whether you like it or not. So, do we yeah. need more? <laughs> if totally. you don't like pedals, you can get bent. <laughs> get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, we don't need more pedals. But we also, people, I was watching, so this is really going off here. I was watching, um, <laughs> I was watching Noel Gallagher on Hot Ones earlier today. What a wonderful <laughs> use of your time, Derek. <laughs> I was on my lunch break. So and he said people. You're don't supposed know. to be nourishing yourself, and instead Noel Gallagher stands before you. I was you. eating and watching all right, Noel all Gallagher right, eat right. increasingly spicy chicken wings. Oh, but he okay. said in, the plot in thickens. <laughs> talking about his music and stuff and how it how Oasis just blew up at the right place, right time, more or less. Um, yeah. He said people don't know what they want until you give it to them. And yeah. I think that's that's true for pedals too. No one ever really looked at a guitar amp and went, "Wow, if only this was in, in a pedal that I could control and use with a computer <laughs> that doesn't exist." Like no one ever thought of that. And now here we and are. And now There's search for of, amp in a box. <laughs> yeah, you know. So like, there. Yeah. Do we need more? I can't answer that because we're going to get more. <laughs> yeah, we, we gonna, probably don't need more than we're going to get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and how many are we going to get? Uh, yeah. We're going to get an N amount. <laughs> right. Oh, the, the number of amp in a box pedals that we need is probably N minus one. Right, yeah. The number of pedals <laughs> that are going to come out next year is, you know, more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However slightly. Does However that make slightly. sense, though? Like, I don't think it's a craze. I think it's just... Yeah, it is how it is how things have it's how disparate technologies that seem to have nothing to do with each other inevitably influence each other in profound ways. Like yeah. the way cars changed everything about manufacturing. You know, yeah. and, and not like like sure, manufacturing cars like changed the way we think about how a factory should be designed. But a but, factory for anything. But I was yeah. so I I can't remember why we were hanging out with some friends and got onto this conversation and somebody so for some reason I found myself researching where was the first what was the first semi truck and oh, so I okay. started looking through this and semi trucks exist because of the first company that started to mass manufacture a car and needed to send units of their cars to a different city and so they built a truck that could carry cars consumer cars to a city to be sold or to their buyers essentially. Yeah, so like I've heard the same thing kind of about Tesla where like Tesla's making cars, but if you don't think that the cars are just a byproduct of the other tech they're making for something else. Right. You know, think again cuz all that that tech works really well in cars and it makes makes beautiful machines and they're awesome and all that but that battery tech is really what mm -hmm. they're making <laughs> it's really what's going <laughs> on here yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> there's a lot of ins and a lot of outs in there <laughs> yeah and it just happens to be the consumer product of a vehicle you know? <laughs> right, right. so okay okay um that's pedals uh yeah so this sort of i think there's a pedal avenue uh to this next question what mm -hmm. is a popular piece of gear that just didn't do the trick for you is from lollygagger effects
I think hmm. pe- pedals are a thing that that uh, could easily fall into that category. But what's a popular piece of music here or guitar equipment that just hmm. everyone loves, but you just went, ah, <laughs> not for me. Interesting. Um, I'm trying to think, like, what have I what have I tried out? What did I actually like go and get, and then was disappointed by? Um, I'm thinking of a, a few EHX pedals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I want. I thought I wanted a reverb at one point on my guitar chain, and I got myself a Holy Grail. Yeah, I and I, I, and I was like, oh, cool, a reverb sound, you know. And I was sort of trying to squeeze it into things, and and at a certain point, I kind of, I think one day I kind of just switched it off mm-hmm. one time and was like, oh man, my whole. It sounds better now. Like it <laughs> yeah. was a just, it was that little, that subtle, like, it's almost like I pulled a blanket off the amp a little bit thing. It wasn't yeah. like that, but it was this subtle kind of like, oh, geez, everything's kind of more. Kind of clearer. Yeah. yeah. Everything's just more the way I like. And um, so like, as much as I wanted to be able to create kind of a spacey sound or whatever, like it just, um, it really was hurt, hurting. And I didn't, I didn't, I was like, I don't, I don't like this. Now was I, that uh, because of reverb or was it because of that pedal? Um because you've tried lots of reverb pedals since then. I haven't. I don't think so. Well, I think from, I via pedal genie, I mean. Like you, you always oh, mention that the yeah, reverbs are and, fun and to actually, try. They, and, they end up being like super fun demos, but the thing is, um, they weren't on like I, I, at this point now, I don't have my guitar tone because I'm not yeah. playing guitar. I'm not Justin who plays guitar. You know, I'm I don't have a sound. I don't True. have my amp that I'm setting up twice a week or whatever that yeah. has my sound that I'm scrutinizing and stuff. All my pedals, like, you know you, you know how it's like you sort of have your knobs the way they're supposed to be, and if you nudge one by accident, you're like, oh, shoot, put that back. Yeah. That's my I, tone. I, I got rid of that life a long time ago. <laughs> now I have a Helix. Nothing no, gets nudged because it is all digital, my friend. No, on my AC30. <laughs> it's just like, oh, did that get bumped? Does this sound good? Whatever. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. No, no. So I'm referring like, to a time in my life when I was you know, not I, nearly as advanced as you, Derek. It's it took a lot to get over, <laughs> and it was like, ooh, amp sounds a little different today. You know, oh, the drummer moved yeah. to this side of the room, and everything sounds different now. Yeah. So it's like, and it's like, okay, just make it sound like you want it to sound. Like. Yeah. In in the era of the kind of scrutiny where I was like trying to get those extra three percent, you know, it was like, oh man, you know, I was changing mm-hmm. out my cables for higher gauge, like, you know, lower capacitance. And it's like, oh man, I got to get my buffers in the right order and really kind of stressing about it Mm -hmm. and tweaking and trying to get, you know, what's legitimately one or 3% difference. Um, well, it was, that it was making, tone chasing, though. Well, like, that is. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So in the act of tone chasing, I was like, this is not going to happen. I can't have this in my chain. Yeah. And I turned it off. And then uh, when I started, when I noticed that my, my whole setup sounded better when I switched it off, I started paying attention to it, and then I noticed it put a little high-pitched whine. I think the power it supply even was when you took it out of the signal. The, pi- the power <laughs> supply was leaking into the leaking yeah. into the audio path, and so I took the pedal off the board, and suddenly I didn't have this little high-pitched thing going on in the background, and hmm. I was like, "Well, that's got to go." So it's, that's a cheap pedal. Yeah, um, I had my my chorus pedal is the one that comes to mind for this i'm a ehx actually uh, mm-hmm. a small clone user and i've had mine since it's actually the pedal i have currently that is the oldest pedal i think it's the oldest pedal i own right now because i've 
you yeah. know, traded it or sold everything else. I got it in high school and I just, I didn't know a lot about chorus pedals at the time, but I really grew to love it. And at some point, oh, it was when um, TC started doing all of their tone print stuff. The Corona chorus came out and I was like, look at this thing. It's got oh, all yeah. the bells and whistles. It's got, it, it should theoretically sound like my small clone, but more. It can Plus. do more things. Mm-hmm. And like for the, my, my pedal board was huge at the time and it was like, this is, you know, features, let's get it, let's do it. And I took the small clone off the board and used the, the Corona for, I don't even know how long, years, like a decent amount of time. Put the small clone on a little kicker board at home because I, I liked it still. I wasn't going to sell it or anything. And just never really enjoyed the Corona as much. Huh. And on paper, it was like, it should work for me. You know, it's got all these knobs. It's got all these features. It's got super high tech shit in it. It's TC Electronic. They were blowing it up at the time. Yeah. You know, all that tone print stuff was so new. I could make a custom chorus sound on my phone and beam it into the pedal. And that's super cool. But it didn't, I couldn't make it sound like the the small clone. Hmm. And so at some point I put the small clone back and I was like, oh man, you know, it's like putting on comfortable shoes. You know, it's just like right there again. You're like, ah, that's that's the home. That's the home feeling. Yeah. So that's one thing. I mean, I don't think the Corona Chorus is a super popular piece of gear that everyone loves. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's so kind that's of the struggle case. part of this question, right? Like, I, I don't if know. you're asking for like, oh, I hate tube screamers. Like, I don't think, I don't really feel that way about a lot of gear because if I was going to yeah. build a rig that required something like a tube screamer, I would just let it rip and like, yeah, tube screamer is what you want for this type of sound. Get yeah. a tube screamer, whether you like them or not. If you want that sound, that's what you need. I, I don't think and, I've ever successfully built that sound. Yeah. And so that, that like sound is tube not screamer might be a sort of an okay example because there have been times when I tried it and it was like, huh, isn't this what people usually do? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to go build some kind of high gain rig, in fact, I have on the Helix, mm-hmm. and it's some really juiced up dual rectifier or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm putting a tube screamer in front of it, and it sounds killer. Mm. It sounds great, and yeah. and now the tube screamer on its own in front of a clean amp doesn't sound nearly the same. <laughs> no, but and I don't know if they were ever intended to like the the tube screamer. Getting off track again. The tube screamer as a boost into a high high gain amp was I don't think ever really the intent. It was just sort of a cool like sort of little pedal hack you could do to make your low end really tighten up. Yeah. You know. So um, I'm trying to. Think I can of all, I like, can think of gear. a couple that are that are audio that are um, like yeah. recording related. Like um, the the one that comes to mind for me right away, I guess is. Uh, the D112, the AKG microphone, the D112. So this is a, a common microphone for kick drums and bass instruments. Um, it's a large diaphragm dynamic. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is ubiquitous. Um, it is all over kick drums everywhere. Um, seen upright I've seen bases. it. Which says- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, f- and I've used it and it's been fine. Um, but it's not my preference. And mm. I think this is a place where it's sort of like I've seen some divides happen 
with other people as well, you know, like some people will be like, oh, I can't, I can't use any of those, you know, the Shure Beta 52s or the Audix D6. Mm. Um, but I love the D112. And for me, it's like, well, whatever, you know, I've made a D112 sound like a drum just fine. But <laughs> yeah. given, like given work, the but, three right. of them sitting in front of me, I'm going to grab either the, the Beta 52 or the, the uh, D6 every time. Yeah. And you know, there's there's sort of like no style of kick drum sound where I would go. Well, I'm going to use the D112 for this, but that kind of I think the the reveal there is more about like you can use any of those, and it's really mm-hmm. not as big a deal. It's so that's it's like strictly a personal preference, right? And when I'm working yeah. at the monastery, that's the microphone that's there is a D112, and it's always in front of the kit on the floor, and it's fine. You know, every time we use it, it sounds like it's supposed to sound, even yeah. though it's not my preference. So, um, yeah, so that's probably the tempered answer. <laughs> the tempered yeah, I version. can think of one other, I think. Um, Matt, the other guitar player in Delaney, yeah. just doesn't like Les Pauls. <laughs> and I, I <laughs> and think like that's the smell really... Of them. That, that's the answer <laughs> that this guy's looking for, right? Ah, Is, okay, yeah, you know, yeah. And I asked him why, because I had just gotten mine, and he's like, "Just don't like how they feel, don't like how they sound, yeah, you know that kind." Of, and I would don't like how they sound is really that's making me ask more questions because <laughs> you've heard the Les Paul for sixty years, and it's on everything. Yeah. So to say you don't like how it sounds is and, like, and can you really tell if you didn't see it? Yeah. Right. So it's. <laughs> And, so that's that has a lot to do with it then, like because he said feels feel they probably do looks, feel totally totally different than a lot of other guitars. So yeah. I get that, but I'm like, oh, you don't like how it sounds? It's like it's like saying you don't like how guitars sound because it is inseparable from what guitars are to a degree, much like other like models like Stratocaster, Telecaster, and so on. But yeah, I don't know. It's, that was really interesting to me. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Good answer. Hey, I'm going to interrupt right here. Mariel's asking me to run in for a second. Okay. BRB. I got to Google something anyway. So. Okay. Okay. Yo. Sorry about that. That's all right. Downton Abbey made her sad. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> no, you know, there was, there was, there seriously, there was a moment in the show and like this like super cruel thing happened to a baby and she like, it's like, oh man. And she was like, mm-hmm. I need a hug. And, um, yeah, yeah like, you know, TV programs that can twist our strings like that. That's, that's, that's the kind a hallmark of, of a good show. That's entertainment, you know, yeah, in, in a way, um, it's, even if it's sad. <laughs> right. Uh, we were watching something. Uh, what was it? I think it was the first season of Jessica Jones. And uh-huh. Have you guys seen that? Yes. The first season we watched. We did not watch any further for some reason. That's, that's all you need to watch. Um <laughs> Good to know. I, I didn't watch season two, but everybody was like, yeah, 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 you know, and then it got canceled. So, right. um, but David Tennant's character in that show, yeah. like really made Beth upset and, and oh, really he was very upsetting, like pretty much did not want to watch the show because of how terrible he was. Yeah. And like, but that's what's making it a great show. I know. It's it so was, good. Uh, it's, it's hard. Yeah, I'm play, I'm like replaying a bunch of it in my head now that you're talking he, about it. It's yeah. Like, whoa. <laughs> he's, and he's just the best. We, we love watching him. He no was so scary. 
yeah, truly terrifying. Anyway, yeah. so... Um, Do you think he's going to uh, turn up in Star Wars? No, wait, it was Matt Smith. Sorry, it was Matt Smith that keeps being threatened to be in Star Wars. And oh, then, really? And then they... Oh, man. Because early on, they said he's confirmed to be in it. We don't know who he's going to be. And then they were like, oh, maybe he's not in it. And you know how they're well, being about this. They're y- kind of yeah. like, you the poster's real, that's... the poster's not real. You know how they do stuff with people like that, that like Simon Pegg is in Force Awakens. Yeah. And he's like 50 portions. He's that guy. Yeah. You know, and like you would not know that's Simon Pegg, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, not at all. Not with all the voice manipulation and how much he's and, putting and the, his the on. the practical you know? effects and all that stuff. Come yeah. on. So anyway, and, and like, what was it? Bill Hader is um, BB-8. <laughs> <laughs> is he really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, I think a bunch of people are BB-8. Well, that's because they, they have so many different BB-8s. They have the one yeah. that they can drive with a remote. They have the one that they bowl through scenes where they need him to be very fast. They like have the, 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 the one that's the... just his head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I wonder which one Bill Hader is. I think a bunch <laughs> of people voiced BB-8, though, which is kind of funny. So, anyway... Uh, what okay. were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, we had just come off of I, the, the um, yeah. a popular piece of gear that didn't do the trick of I think I think we started off weak, but we found the answer there. Yeah, we found um, some good answers. Personally, I don't have a lot of gear that I feel that way about. I think. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm looking at my metal zone here. Do people love that? People meme love that. You know, <laughs> it's like it's a joke, uh, but yeah, it's also that's, truly that like. Count. It, is low key a super cool pedal, but <laughs> anyway, um, moving on. Ooh, last time I mentioned that somebody asked on Instagram. Um, he said common offset Fender issues, <laughs> and I, I said in the show that I was like, "Well, what do you what do you mean exactly?" And he wrote back and said, uh, "Basically, the bridge. What's the deal with?" the Fender offset bridges and things like Mustangs and Jaguars and um, actually, oh cool. that thing, yeah. Uh, the bridge on Fender offset guitars specifically. Uh, let's see. What did he say? Um, they do have the kind of a wasn't weird wasn't very well system, written. Right? Uh-huh. Um, it was about the offset common problems with the bridge, specifically on the Jaguar. I recently bought one, and I already have buzz and all of that. Cheers. So, first of all, cheers. Second of all... Well, disclaimer, is- you know, the advice that uh, Derek and Justin give on the tone control, it can, uh, you know, cannot be taken with any kind of, like, legal certainty, and you should always consult your doctor and or lawyer before uh, enacting any of the advice we give. Okay, go ahead. Right, don't operate heavy machinery. Yeah. Um, we can neither diagnose nor comment on any particular buzzing guitars and any particular can frets. confirm nor deny. However, <laughs> the Fender offset body bridges on things like Jaguars mm-hmm. are notorious for this kind of thing. So let's let's do a little Google in here, Justin. Why don't okay. you look up um, a Fender Jaguar bridge? And you will see images. Let's see. Uh, you'll see that the saddles are kind of like... Like on a Mustang bridge, for example, is a good one. You'll see that the saddles are all kind of ridged, like they're they're uh, there's no single groove for the strings. There's like many what? tiny little grooves for the strings. I don't see that. Uh, Wait, this is a, 
This is a I, I'm just master. I'm on like image search now. Is this where you wanted me to be? Yeah. Here I'm. Oh, I see. So it's almost like it's like a it's almost like the saddles tunnel. are are cut from a bolt. Yeah, kind of like a threaded right. Like they it's a like threaded a rod that they were cut from. Right, and your string sits inside one of those grooves and is extremely easy to pop out of those grooves into an adjacent groove. Right, which throws off all your string spacing. It can even pop out of the saddle entirely if you're not careful. Are they supposed to be like that? Well, this is the whole argument with like vintage correct whatever, right? So this is how it was built. <clears throat> so like this were is introduced. how it was built because all he had around was threaded rod. Probably. <laughs> you know? You know? That's so, not a good idea. I mean, it was just built that way at the time. And these are early guitars, right? These are some old, old designs. Yeah. So, like the Telecaster, one of the evergreen guitar designs. The the first iteration of the Telecaster Bridge is decidedly terrible, right? Everybody gets compensated <laughs> saddles now because... Yes, yeah. you want that brass saddle tone. Yes, you want the three-barrel setup because it's cool and, you know, it gives that aesthetic and it gives that sound. However, it's totally unintonatable. So yeah, it's a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, so you get compensated saddles to fix that. Now, the thing with the offset ones, I think it's the same kind of thing. They just still make them this way because everyone's looking for the most vintage correct whatever. Or they want like a, you know built the right way the first time kind of attitude and guitar companies are guilty of this across the board everyone's always saying like oh if gibson does it like crazy the most authentic vintage correct plastics you know (laughs) like who cares this mystique this mystique is um yeah i mean why why would you think that leo fender got it right the very first time and like it couldn't be approved upon right um and yeah so the, the bridge assembly on these is like there's two posts inside two hollow posts inside of the body. Yeah. Um, and then the bridge sits inside of that, and there's a little set screw for you to adjust the bridge height on either side. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then each saddle has the forward and backward adjustment, just like you would on any other guitar for intonation. <clears throat> so the whole assembly is very prone to rattling because it, it moves and it, there's a lot of screws and a lot of metal and stuff like that. A sympathetic vibration can happen. And... If we're talking about the bridge, like just you just have to get the mastery bridge and be done with this in your life. <laughs> <laughs> so right. So this is a whole set of replacements. I mean, these are basically um this bridge design is held in by tension, right? In the in the way that a um like a stop tail. Uh well the bridge, if you look at the back, they're threaded into the to the base. Well, the oh, saddles the, the, are threaded sorry, the into the bridge. bridge yes. The whole bridge is is tensioned into the guitar. So if you took the strings yeah. off and turned the guitar <clears throat> over, it would flip out. Belly yeah. down, yeah, they would fall out. So yes, but that's fine as long that's, as there's string that, tension. That's not a problem. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, that's the true. That's true for tunematics. It's true for stop tails. Um, it's just yeah, the string tension holds them to the body. Uh, but anyway, the mastery. The brand is called Mastery. If you're not familiar with it. Uh, masterybridge.com they make the best offset bridges you can buy unfortunately you're going to really have to buy them they're pretty expensive but (laughs) I gotta say looking at the design there is absolutely nowhere for your your string to go there is nowhere for it to pop out and it's it's just a great design you're still able to fully intonate it yeah and it's it's not going to budge 
I almost got their Telecaster one when I was building my Tele. I suppose I still could. <clears throat> but so these uh, the OMV kit. Um, OMV is it the with the it's vibrato? It's when it includes yeah it includes the vibrato tailpiece. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean these are fully backwards. compatible even with those, and and the saddles look like they're going to be very gentle on your strings when they're rolling back and forth over them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a cool design. I don't really know what you would, how you'd s- explain the design, but um, it looks to me like it's just well made and doesn't use threaded rod as saddles. I mean that's that's the only thing you have to do to this to make it and I guess there there must be something else to it I guess to deal with the vibrations and make the height adjustments easier. Cuz a lot of these are coming with sort of extra pegs probably for yeah. hole fitting. Yeah, um, probably. So let's see vibratos. I'm looking at other let's see hardtail mastery bridge. I just want to look at here it is. So they make like cuz my telecaster has a half tray like the half ash tray mm-hmm. bridge on it because it's got a humbucker in the bridge yeah um so if you go to hardtails like you can kind of see how this would fit oh, on a telecaster I, th- I think i understand this now so so you were talking about the vibration being rough uh it can be yeah. rattling and stuff like that so Buzzing, as i'm yeah. zooming in now and looking at what they're really doing here this is a two Piece. It's a two saddle setup, right? Yeah. So three strings per saddle. Three strings per saddle. It's like taking the Telecaster thing to a whole new level, but there are four screws. So that means that is that is that going to be enough compensation? In- interesting. So that means like your three saddles, you can move back and forth and angle however you want. So you're always either going to have you know your each set of three strings, you know the top or the bottom is going to be intonated mm-hmm. essentially so the middle string is always going to be a middle distance between the high and low of Yeah. That. However, like if you look at this the threading, like they are compensated still. So it's okay. it's kind of hard to to really well, see I can't without get quite holding one. A de- yeah, detailed picture, but like I'm picturing like that barrel is still straight, right? So when you angle it one way or the other, yeah, you'll be affecting the other two strings for sure. Yeah. Um, however, the, that's what the compensation is. Like that accounts okay. for that. Okay. Um, I haven't owned a mastery bridge, but I've heard nothing but good things about them. They well, are kind of the yeah. oh, you need a new jazz master bridge, get a mastery. Obviously, get that. Yeah. So I'm yeah. gonna look at the Tele bridges now. Yeah. So they're using the same thing for Tele. They've got a two saddle. Yep. Setup. Um, so I think, I, I don't know if that's really the answer to your question other than like, it's just a thing that happens with offsets mm-hmm. and it sucks and everyone deals with it. And I'm sorry that, that that's yeah. the case, but, um, sorry, buddy. yeah, either <laughs> find what's rattling and find a way to stop it from rattling by foam or like, it depends on where it's rattling. If it's rattling inside the posts, you could maybe pad it with a little piece of card or something. Yeah. But if... I recall in in my Telecaster, I was getting a lot of the ring and feedback stuff from uh, the springs underneath the pickups. So that the height Ah. adjustment of the pickups, I replaced the springs that surround the screws with... um, Tubing? Yeah, with with like a rubber tubing. That's the vintage way to do it. Yeah, and it it instantly solved all of that. I get a lot of um, behind the nut 
sympathetic ring mm-hmm. on my guitar, and like introducing a new a second <clears throat> string tree could help that. A second string tree, but you know what'll really help it is just a hair scrunchie. Yeah, I actually have a little thing for it. It's like a Velcro pad. Yeah, that, that is guitar neck shaped. It's just for that. Um, I don't use it all the time, but I do use it when we're recording because you can hear it. Yeah, um, I have like. Uh, Folded up chunk of paper towel is is like if you're yeah. recording. This isn't obviously if you're just playing, but if you're recording, because you can you can zero in on a particular part. And I will almost always just try to mute out any strings that aren't going to be used, especially mm-hmm. if it's some kind of complicated thing or if it's a solo. But we're not going to use the two low strings or something. I'm gonna I'll take my bandana and just take those strings right out of the equation completely. Yeah, yeah. I've all got, the time. I've, depending on you've seen these things before. It's just like a little foam pad with like a sweatband yeah. material on the inside that mutes the strings. It doesn't yeah. fret them like a capo, but it just mutes them. Mm-hmm. So you can do complicated tapping stuff and not have to worry about a, a string ringing yeah. unintentionally. Blowing your and take. then moving it behind the nut solves the um, yeah. the sympathetic vibration back there. Really important for high gain because you yep. get a lot of your squeaky ringing and stuff in the middle of your high gain riff from behind the nut. I think also with like staccato playing in general, because I notice it on uh-huh. my telly. Sure. My telly's right here. I could just demonstrate this, I suppose. You're fine. <laughs> I think we're fine here. Um, <laughs> okay, good. So this last question um, is actually asked by the guy who asked the first question on our website. I think his name was Steve. I can't remember exactly. <laughs> um, sorry, Tumblr asker. <laughs> um, he says, just wants to know more or less what equipment is in Justin's studio. <laughs> Yeah, and that seems like a little bit of a long, like potentially long answer. Yeah, so so I, w- I wonder, question, like, but. is that for the sake of like what what people should consider for like a home kind of situation, or do you think he's just this is like a is this my rig rundown? <laughs> I think he's kind of a little a little boat. Maybe yeah. not for what people should use because I think if you wanted to know what people should use, you would have asked that specifically. Yeah, that's true, and and I wouldn't recommend probably that. I mean, the, the cost outlay for this for somebody. Yeah, if you're just getting started, you're going to use yeah. what you have at hand. Um, but, so um, what's, what equipment is in my studio? Well, my studio is all run on a MacBook Pro. Um, when it was time for a new computer, I stuck with a MacBook Pro because one of the main features of my rig is being able to be mobile. Um, and I do occasionally take it with me when I go places. I can do editing and stuff with just headphones. Um, or I can bring my rack of gear and a bag of microphones and stands and actually record in someone else's space, um, which I have made great use of that uh, feature on many occasions. Um, I, You feel free to interrupt me if I'm being mm. weird. But um, anyway, no, I, I, I record I think on you're good. I, Pro I remember tools. when you got that set up going, and I was like, that's a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> I had a desktop for a while, and uh, shortly after moving out here, it was like... Uh, Oh, this is going to help me a lot. Um, so I uh, I use Pro Tools for all of my work. I I know very little about how to use other DAWs, but a little bit when I've had to have my hands on them or if somebody's asked me to help them learn. Pro Tools is a, a thing that I generally don't 
recommend to other people. Um, mm-hmm. the, the real advantage of Pro Tools truly is I think I think it is it's the best for me because I know how to use it the most. Um, yeah, but, that's that's true for all kinds of software. Right. And and, and aside from that, um, there is like one or two killer features that are actually still unmatched by any other software that I use a lot and are okay. are both not as important for music production as they are for audio post for things like editing dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> so Pro Tools, I would unequivocally unequivocally recommend for somebody who is doing like dialogue editing or audio post. Um, but if you're working on music, almost anything is fine. And in a lot of cases, other softwares might be better just because they might suit you. It just depends. You know, a lot of it yeah. is just preference. And a lot of them come with, I mean, everything. Pro Tools comes with a lot of virtual instruments too, but like Logic and Studio One and stuff have that. They they do seem to be bigger on that front. So I use Pro Tools, always have. Um, I have a six-space rack sitting next to me that is uh, that I can put in my car. It's small enough to put in my car and big enough to hold my gear. It just has a power distributor, and then it has my Apollo interface. It's one of the Blackface, which is the second-generation Thunderbolt. So uh, I guess the third-generation total for Apollo, sort of, because at first they didn't have Thunderbolt, but... Mm-hmm. So that's that's the my system that is my it's my interface it's where the microphones go in where the sound comes back out and it also has DSP in it because it's made by Universal Audio. Not all interfaces have that. Um, for me, this is a killer thing because I don't have to think about latency with plugins when I'm recording with people. So mm-hmm. my setup basically ends up working like I had an analog desk. Like I was plugging a microphone in and the headphone return from that can be just right off there. It doesn't have to go through the computer first. And so I skip a lot of the complications of digital audio by doing it that way. Um, and that's, a, I think, a big advantage of the Apollo systems. And they sound very nice. You know, There's a, mm-hmm. a thousand interfaces that sound nice and this is among them. Uh, and then I, I have uh, some other outboard preamps that attach to that. Um, I've gotten rid of all of my outboard gear that isn't preamps. I used to have some compressors. Uh, I had one unit that had some compressors in it and and also some EQs. Um, I found that I started using them less and less and just started leaning on the Apollo more and more. And eventually it was like, well, if I'm going to be having this six-space rack and carrying things around and going mobile... uh, I sure don't care if I carry this extra stuff around. Right. So... Um, I have I have a radial workhorse 500 series rack, which is a 500 series rack that fits in a 19 inch rack space. Fits cool. in one, and it has three slots, so three mm-hmm. 500 series slots. So I have um, three preamps in that um, of varying flavors, and then I have this little um, ADAT expander unit. So you'll see a lot of this if you're looking at this stuff. Uh, uh, units that have eight channels of microphone inputs and have an ADAT cable on the back. So um, the Apollo can receive that a lot, a lot of interfaces. It's very easy for them to put an optical input on the back of their interface and suddenly their thing is expandable now. You can add eight more channels. There's a lot of small desktop interfaces like Mm -hmm. the small Apollos and uh, a bunch by RME and uh, almost any interface. I mean, a bunch of the audience interface that are small little desktop things 
they might only have two channels out of the box, but you can expand them to 10 with one of these eight channel devices. So right. that's really convenient. What gear? So after that, I mean, it's it's microphones and my guitars and stuff. I've talked about my guitars before. Yeah, we've also, we have talked about the studio stuff before, but it must have been ages ago. Probably, yeah. And, and um, stuff comes and goes, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, my studio itself is a one-room situation. It's about 12 by 17 with like an 11-foot-ish ceiling height. Mm-hmm. Um, it's attached to my house through the garage. So I'm pretty separate, and I had the walls built nice and thick. And... Um, it's pretty nice out here. I have, I have fun LED lights that I can change the color of. <laughs> I have a little desk with an extra monitor that I sit at and I'm going to keep talking. I have, <laughs> I have, uh, my, the monitors I'm using are from Adam Audio, which is a German company. Um, mm-hmm. I really like these. I actually had, I had A5Xs. Uh, and I actually still have them in my basement and I keep meaning to get them out and put them on the resale market um, because I'm oh. not using them anymore. They're extremely nice monitors and they're in perfect condition. Um, I, I moved up to a larger, a larger size nice. um, and to, got rid of my sub. So I have a sub um, <laughs> by Fostex that doesn't match the speakers, but it works fine. And then those speakers that I need to, if anybody's interested in um, some really nice, <laughs> Five-inch studio monitors and a sub, uh, you know, and then I've got uh, stacks of microphones. That might be, <laughs> might be someone named me. Oh yeah, <laughs> if I'm not. I'm probably not in a position to actually <laughs> buy them, but it would be nice, nicer than my old, very old, just creative brand. Oh yeah, <laughs> like like computer speakers. <laughs> you, know? you know, my my game computer has from the creative brand. Uh, mm-hmm. A five point one system that is very janky. Um, it They're was fine. never I'm, particularly nice, but whatever. The important thing is, I've had them for a long time. <laughs> they sound as good as they did when I got them, and yeah. I'm very familiar with how they sound, uh-huh. which I think is the most important part. That so. is, that is sometimes the most important part of monitoring. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times, you there there's a there are certain things that no matter how used to them you are. It will still be hiding something from you if you're talking totally. about trying to listen to music in a in the sense of monitoring it in the sense. Well, of like when I make a demo and I do it through these desktop speakers, I'm not even going to call them monitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you send it back; it's often very different than what I heard. And like if I listen to it yeah. through headphones at work, or like it's like oh. Now I know what you're talking about when this distortion pedal had a weird honk to it. Like I didn't hear it before. You know, <laughs> it's probably was, just because I made it so much louder. Could be, um, probably, but 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 it's because I don't some other I don't usually like, EQ. I try to leave the guitar okay. at least alone. When you send me other stuff like drums, I do fiddle with those a little bit if I want yeah. to. Um, but I try to because it's for the sake of a pedal demo. I try to leave those yeah, yeah, mostly leave alone. Kinda. Right. Although there's been a few where you sent me so many tracks, I was like, okay, this is like a real mix now, and I have yeah. to like, I have to give things their space, and so I did Sometimes some carving. Sometimes it's just, uh, yeah, carried away. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's the basics. I mean, there's a there's a bunch of other software stuff I could talk about and things like that, but I, I don't think that, that's kind of outside the purview of this podcast. Exactly. Anyone who really wanted to chit chat could totally find. 
um, at JSong Studio on Instagram because I'm successfully Instagramming now. I noticed that. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I have help. So I saw. Um, yeah, we still have to talk about that. <laughs> we do. It's, it's fine. It's not a big deal. But um, I have some. I've uh, got some help keeping me honest and also helping me with ideas and, and understanding it and stuff like that. So anyway, do do find me on Instagram. Like, and if, if you want to talk studio stuff or, or poke a question my way, I will definitely like reply as, as soon as I, you know, am able and, and have a legit yeah. answer for it. Um, I love talk and shop. Uh, most everybody that I have as followers on Instagram is other studios <laughs> at this point. <laughs> um, and you know, then, then that's sort of fanning out from there, but. Um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, also find the tone control on Instagram and uh, ask, ask the show questions there. Uh, I'll probably be posting more stuff soon about like, you know, looking for topics, looking for questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and you don't have to wait for us to post, just send us a little message there if you want. That's good. Um, what else? Right, we're wrapping up here, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. that's, that's all our questions. Um, I like these questions fine. a lot. Yeah. Um, I thought, I really thought, what is a popular piece of gear that you didn't like was a great question. <laughs> <laughs> that was hard. <laughs> it was hard, but I was like, I had wow, to that's let you talk cool. for a while before I really found something that I thought was a legit answer to that, too. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, I, I've only had one piece of gear that I, not one, I've had the, the, that chorus pedal is the one that comes to mind is a pedal I bought expecting to like and then didn't like. And then, yeah. And yeah. I sold it. I don't have it anymore. So, oh, um, actually, you know what? I'll circle back. Uh, when I was on a hunt for a new distortion after my hot chili tubester started getting mm-hmm. too noisy, it had too much AC hum in it. Uh, I tried a few different things, and at that time, oh yeah, you tried, yeah. Okay. At that time, ahead, Blackstar sorry. was fairly new as a brand, mm-hmm. and they had they had and probably still have a few tube pedals that seemed right. to be at least mostly legit tube pedals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried one of those and did definitely send it back to Guitar Center after using it for a week or so. It just didn't, it didn't, uh, successfully cut the mustard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I cut too much that. mustard. Yeah. I don't really know. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Um, Oh, I, but I that doesn't a, count as extremely popular. So, <laughs> I here's a little bit of a popular one. I had a um, one of those mini fuzz faces, which oh yeah, it's, it's not the fuzz face. It's by all accounts the same circuit. It's just miniaturized and in a kind of normal pedal size. Uh-huh. Uh, and I just it was not something I really enjoyed the way I expected I would. Mm. I got rid of that too. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's that's much closer, I think, to something very popular. Uh, yeah, the fuzz face. Um, and I just never really broke into fuzz after that, I guess. Yeah. I still, and, and I think if I were to break into fuzz, it would not be fuzz face style fuzzes from what yeah. I know now, you know? Right. I had a so, big muff for a little while and didn't keep it. Yeah, there's a, yeah. I mean, how much is a big muff now? 90 bucks? Like you can get oh, one. Yeah, it's not. not. Here's one on Sweetwater, brand new, $84.60. Yeah. And this is this is a price where I'm like, why don't I have a big muff? You know? <laughs> well, because I just I had no like as much as I tried to like fit it into a song or something, I I was like, nope, don't like that sound. Yeah, I think I'm somewhere in between Big Muff and Tone Bender, you know. Hmm. But yeah. More like tone breaker. Huh. What? 
Wow. Yeah, it's just these uh, level of zinger that you can expect here at the we're Tone in the, Control. We're in the late show now. <laughs> okay. The Twilight Years. Do you want to hear the new voice curse? Okay. All right. Well, we'll um, see everybody in a couple of weeks then. I hope this yeah. questions episode was cool. And if you liked it, send us more questions because I liked it. Yeah. Cool. Cool. To all the components out there in the Tone Control circuit, thanks for listening. And f*** off. Yeah. Decisive.